Welcome to the Mentality Podcast. This podcast is going to range from anything to do with your mindset hacks to body hacks to workout hacks within the gym from a qualified personal trainer. It's going to be a rocky ride, guys, but this podcast is going to help you focus on learning more about yourself, learning more about your body, and really focusing on how to make the most of this beautiful life we are given. So buckle up and let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back. Um, Today's episode, I know it's a bit late. I know I've been pretty slack. Christmas time and all of that is pretty hectic, especially because I work in hospitality. There's been a new thing bit of new things happening in my life. Um, I'm taking on a different role at work. I've been dealing with university stuff that I'm trying to finish up. So yeah, busy, busy times. Excuse the background noise. A plane just decided to fly over me right then. But today's episode is going to be on the avoidant attachment style which is also known as the avoidant dismissive style. So we've obviously talked about anxious attachments and now we're moving on to the opposite spectrum. The avoidant attachment is basically, I would say the opposite of an anxious attachment style, especially in terms of how they interact in relationships. So when thinking of the symptoms, obviously we know attachment styles stem from your relationships with your caregivers as a child. So this plays a huge role in what kind of attachment style you will probably be in your adulthood. It doesn't mean you're going to stay that attachment style forever. It just means that it's basically a foundation of what attachment style you could possibly be. So symptoms of the avoidant is you're social and you're easygoing. You're fun to be around. You probably have lots of friends or partners. You're generally not alone or lonely. You tend to be more independent and your self-esteem is quite high. You don't tend to rely on others for reassurance or emotional support. So there's that kind of like... You... I would say you're one of those people that don't like to talk about emotions too much. You generally invest more in your professional development than anything else. And this builds your confidence within your like personal success is basically profession becomes the most important thing to you. So if we're thinking about relationships, these are your social interactions and your bonds these tend to remain on surface level for you. So avoidance tend not to go into more deep and meaningful, deep chats, different to an anxious attachment who will often like to bring those out of people just because they overthink and they're so anxious all the time that they need clarity. An avoidance, not like that. An avoidant is one of those people you could be in a relationship for months and months and months and You will never truly know how they feel about you. They don't go deep into I love yous or talking about any kinds of emotional feelings. They keep everything very surface level. 
this is when you start seeing in relationships particularly avoidance tend to hit a wall they tend to hit this wall where everything just stays on one level and they can't go deeper and this is when they tend to then close themselves off they tend to break off their relationships and they will start distancing themselves they tend to believe that they don't need this sort of intimacy so this happens sometimes I mean I've dated an avoidant before and you can think you're going all good and well and then this is where the term kind of being blindsided comes into it avoidance generally will blindside their um, romantic partners because they will just start to distance themselves they'll start to detach themselves and then they will leave you and you will not see it coming because you didn't expect it so you could be going all great and well in your relationship everything could be going fine and then they could wake up one day and they just don't want to be with you anymore and they can't give you a direct reason they can't give you any sort of specifics they just give you some sort of vague reason um from my personal experience the what i could probably say is um when i was with an avoidant um his reasoning was basically that i wasn't adventurous enough um so i would say they give you very um baseline reasonings i'll never go too deep into it because generally speaking they don't really have a good reason they just they start to detach themselves the moment it starts getting a bit too emotional for them so obviously your attachment style is related to your childhood and your caregivers and for avoidance generally their caregivers were people that they couldn't really be relied on um whenever they sought that emotional support that wasn't provided to them they were basically told to you know get over it harden up that kind of stuff this results in most avoidance that they don't seek or expect anything from other people because when they did seek that they never received it they tend to turn off that switch we're thinking about that emotional reliance on other people that switch avoidance just they turn that off so they're always thinking i am the only person i can rely on i can't rely on others i can't ask for help that is the mindset that they seem to have for avoidance you start thinking about that when you're dating one they have the certain way of having that emotional switch turned off and the only way for a relationship with an avoidant to really start progressing is if they then start becoming emotionally open with their partner and for any person who is with an avoidant you need to start really paying attention to how your partner is feeling you need to start reflecting analyzing the patterns of their behavior you need to start understanding how they need you to start expressing things to them that doesn't trigger them so to speak that doesn't push them over the edge because this is probably why anxious and avoidant relationships tend to not work because an anxious person will constantly seek that reassurance they'll constantly 
pester, pester, pester. I say pester, but they'll constantly ask their partner to do that for them. Whereas an avoidant is not going to receive that well. They're going to, it's going to push them away because they struggle opening up emotionally. What we can see in relationships really is that most avoidants, generally speaking, are highly successful people. They prioritize in their careers in relationship, like over their relationships. They do have friends. They're never going to be lonely because they have all those friendships. So what we can see super clearly is that obviously an avoidant is the complete opposite to an anxious attachment. They are going to push partners away. They're going to really reject that kind of close intimacy. They will struggle if their partner demands their attention a lot because that is not something they can really give. So for all those people that are dating avoidance, I'm going to give you some like helpful tips. You really need to, when an avoidant asks for space, you have to give that to them. I know for someone who is an anxious attachment, that is incredibly hard because you will pull closer to someone. Space is very, very hard for you. Speaking from someone that was an anxious attachment, I can completely relate to that. I, I, struggled, I have struggled in the past to give partners space out of fear that they will, you know, leave. And you pulling closer to them actually does the opposite of what you think it will do. It actually pushes them away further. So please take my advice on that. Give them the space that they need. And when they say they need space, if that's like no communication or anything like that, give that to them. What I've learned specifically from my past is I didn't give that to partners. I was so focused on what I needed and to feel secure, I did not focus on what they needed. And at the end of the day, like giving that person space, if they realize that you are not for them and they don't want to do it, at least you've now realized that that person's not for you. You've come, you've had that clarity then because there's nothing worse than having somebody just stick around and stay with you and then wasting your time. It's going to be so much harder in the long run as well. Space is not necessarily a bad thing. We all need that at one point in our lives. We've all had space when we've been, you know, single, doing our single thing. And you need to remember in relationships, you are still two individuals. Space for individuals is important. It's also important in relationships to have your own independence still. And that will be so hard, I know, for anxious attachments. But please, like, think about the other person and what they need in this. And an avoidant will need space. They will need it. And if they're asking you for it, you need to respect that boundary for them. Other than space, you need to start recognizing that trust is relative to the individual. 
So not all people can be trusted. Not all people can't be trusted. What's happened in your past should not be reflecting what is going on in your present. You should not be bringing, I know everyone calls it like a baggage, relationship baggage and all that kind of stuff. You shouldn't be bringing the trauma of, say you've been cheated on. You should not be bringing that into a new relationship and then assuming straight away that that person is going to cheat or even though their character is completely different to the person that cheated on you. But that being said, not everybody can be trusted as well. So don't go into it ignorant and thinking, oh, I can trust this person straight away. In my opinion, trust is something that is earned. It's not something that is just handed out. That person with with their actions and their words needs to actually show that you can trust them. If they are going out partying, clubbing, posting photos of heaps of girls, that kind of stuff, that by their actions is showing they can't trust you. So keep that in mind, guys. I think it's also really important when you are with an avoidant is to explore your communication styles. Because an avoidance communication is often very terrible. Avoidance obviously struggle with a lot of feelings, a lot of emotions, a lot of going deeper. They will never tell you what is really happening or going on because they don't want to pester you. They don't want to be a problem. They would rather deal with it themselves. So keeping that open communication with an avoidant is super important. They are going to struggle to open up, but you as their partner needs to create a safe space for them to feel that they can open up. And I know sometimes there will be a clash, particularly with people with an anxious attachment compared to the avoidant attachment. Anxious attachment styles have a tendency to actually over-communicate. You're going to actually say a lot of things that your partner probably doesn't need. I like to call it word vomiting. (laughs) Doesn't sound the greatest, um, but you are going to do that because that's what anxious attachments do. They word vomit. Uh, Avoidant attachment is going to be the opposite. It is going to be very hard to pull out a lot of things from them. That is where the whole safe communication is going to come in. You need to actually talk to each other about how you communicate. A lot of times in relationships you see problems when it comes to how often you talk, how often you message, how often you text, yada, yada, yada. And in a generation where texting is so prevalent now, I think having those conversations about expectations of how often you would like to communicate when you're not with each other is also super important because speaking from experience, um, I know anxious attachments will need more of that validation, whereas an avoidant, probably not. They're probably not going to need a message you every single moment of every day. Probably not. A big one. So there's a big big one that I'm probably going to recommend to all attachment styles, even people who are secure attachment. Therapy. I, for one, in the new year, I'm going to actually 
that is one of my um, New Year's resolutions. And I'll obviously do a podcast episode on that once I've sorted out the rest of them because I don't know what I'm doing right now. Is therapy. Going to therapy. As much as self-help and doing the work gets you, therapy is something that I've tried as a kid. I've tried a lot as a kid with um, dealing with grief, but I've never tried it in terms of healing myself from that grief. Um, I've had a lot of trauma in my past. I've had a lot of um, really hard things that a child shouldn't have had to deal with. Um, So I do think therapy in this instance is is so invaluable and it's so many people don't realize that it's like yes it's expensive but there's so many different like methods nowadays of therapy you can do therapy over FaceTime from the comfort of your own home like there are options so I would recommend for somebody who is any attachment style therapy specifically especially in avoidant because you can't go through your whole life pushing people away and on that surface level, you're never really going to know yourself and you're never really going to know other people. And that is just, it's such a sad way to live. Now we think of other ways of how we can really support an avoidant. You need to understand firstly, your attachment style and their attachment style. Don't take the need for space personally talked about space don't take it personally it's not personal sometimes they just need time to themselves avoidance are often very independent lone wolf type of personality types as well if we look to the my nice briggs personality test which i will probably do an episode on at some point because i find it so fascinating i know a lot of people have opinions about these kind of things with categorizing people like there's millions and billions of people in the world and categorizing them in these little things but if you think about it yes people are so widely different but to our core if you look at our core there are so many people that are very similar we just all have different life experiences but at our core people behave in similar 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 Oh, God, that word. Similar, similar, okay, whatever, manners. You know when you say a word and sometimes it gets a bit yeah, funny? Yes, that. People behave in similar, similar, in similar manners. Okay, this, okay. I'm just never going to say the word again. And this is really something that people, I guess everyone wants to be different, right? And nobody wants to actually realize at the end of the day we are all very much the same to our core we're all human beings we all have I every time I want to say that word I can't say it now let's move on back to avoidance (laughs) try not to ask them to like try not to force them to open up you need to understand that you can't save an avoidance this is something they need to learn for themselves they're an adult they need to figure it out themselves A lot of people will see an avoidant and want to fix them. This is not your job. 
it is not your job to try and fix people. And I wish people would start learning that. Everyone has their own trauma that they need to deal with, that they need to figure out for themselves. It is no one's job except that person to fix it. I think it's really important when you are with an avoidant is to really create that safe space so they can feel like they can lower their boundaries, that they can start displaying vulnerability. Sharing activity is really important. It will help an avoidant really start to feel, you know, that safe kind of space. Nothing scares an avoidant more than having all these serious talks all the time. Trust me, been there, done that. It'll push them away. It'll terrify them. It's kind of like, you know, you get a little kitten and you've got to really be gentle and nurture and stuff so it's not scared. And avoid them kind of like that, to be fair. Um, you've got to, like, really take the time to nurture them. And it's I always find it really funny because funny is probably the wrong word, but I'll use it anyway. I always find it really funny because people that are left that are single in this world right now are mainly anxious attachments and avoidant attachments. Why? Because people that are secure attachments are often in relationships with anxious attachments and they will never leave <laughs> because the anxious attachment is never going to let them go because that's what an anxious attachment does. They will hold on for dear life. And a secure person is going to be able to regulate that and going to be able to give them that validation that they need. So that's super important. Avoidance are going to avoid everyone and all that feeling. So avoidance are always going to either be jumping from relationship to relationship, short-term relationships, or they're going to be progressively single all the time. Generally speaking, you can tell if somebody is an avoidant or if they're an anxious. Anxious attachments generally do the same thing. They have lots of relationships, they're really by, but they're really by themselves. They're really single. Avoidance, often more single than not. So look out for those key little things. Secure people. Now those people are a dime a dozen. They're a very little secure attachment types left I would say I've I've been with people that said they're secure and they were hands down not secure I'm like you don't really know yourself very well because you're definitely not secure and I don't know if that's because I was anxious and then maybe I progressively made them anxious because a lot of the time our attachment type can actually change depending on our partner I've been in relationships where I felt more secure. I've been in relationships where I felt more anxious. And I've been in relationships where I felt more avoidant. It really does depend. For example, I was an anxious attachment. Always have been. But now I've progressively changed my attachment type. Which I'll get into in another episode. And that, why that happened and how that happened. And how the signs kind of. And what I like didn't realize was. I didn't realize it happening. I did not realize that my attachment type had changed until quite recently. And it was like a light bulb went off and everything kind of made more sense. Because I feel like in this past year, as a human being, as a person, 
I have progressively changed so, so much, which is kind of crazy to think that a year you can change so much. But because of so much that has happened to me this year, I started out the year as someone completely different to how I'm ending the year. And I'm so thankful for that change. Uh, it's not necessarily like great that my attachment stuff changed, but it's also given me hope that I can one day work towards being a secure attachment. And that is going to help me in the long run. It's going to help my relationships in the long run. It'll help my future partner in the long run. And that is something that I think people forget. You're doing the work for yourself. You're doing the work for your relationships and you're doing the work for everybody else as well. But it starts with yourself. So that being said, I'm going to wrap this up with last bit of advice. As much as I'm going to talk about all this stuff, like attachment types, personality types, anything else that comes to mind, I want everyone to realize that these labels do not make a person. They do not signify anything like so deep and meaningful that, oh my God, I can't date this person because they're avoidant. No. People take these things way, way too seriously and they also use them as excuses, which I think is bullshit. If anyone ever comes at me for anything I've done in a relationship, be like, it's because you're this way. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Yes, I have this attachment type, but this is just one small part of me. This does not mean I am all of, I'm just that. That's the only thing I am. And it does also, it doesn't also mean that like people can then disregard you because of that. Most, a lot of people I find nowadays won't date people because they're a certain attachment type. They'll like everything about this person. They will really enjoy being with this person, but because their attachment type is different to what they want, they won't do it. And obviously, we're all trying to search for that secure attachment. But there's only so many of them in this world. And let's be honest, most of them are taken. And if they aren't taken, they will probably be snapped up very soon because secure people have a way of knowing what they want. They are not scared to be committed. They're not scared of any of that. So if they find somebody they really like, they are going to take the plunge and get into a relationship because they're not scared of it. They're not scared of it like the rest of us. Most anxious people, as much as they want to be in relationships, they're fucking terrified. Avoidance are terrified to open up, so they avoid relationships. At the end of the day, I feel like most of us are just scared to really, you know, let people in. And I feel like a lot of secure people, even though they're secure, they do, they can swing between being an avoidant or being an anxious. So they're not perfect. People can change from being secure to one or the other as well. And people can change from one or the other to being secure. So there is hope for all of us. My main point is therapy, guys. Therapy. Self-care. Do the work for yourself. Do the work for yourself before you even get into a relationship. I wish I could have told my younger self that. I wish I had held off on dating until I felt... I loved myself enough and that I was secure enough because I was a secure person as a kid. Like growing up, 
yeah, I had stems of like anxiety and stuff, but I was secure until I started getting into relationships and then everything kind of went downhill and I became an anxious attachment because I dated way too young. I didn't really know myself and I went for whatever I like, whoever would give me attention, I dated them. I'm not proud of that, but it's made me who I am. It's now made me realize that Yes, as much as I love getting someone's attention, if it's not from a person I actually like and I actually want their attention, I'm not going to bother. Attention is attention. Like, I can get it from anyone, but I want it from somebody I actually like. I actually value their character. I actually enjoy them as a person because character is so underrated these days. I don't care how hot somebody is. If they have a shit character, they shit morals, they're a shit personality, I'm not going to bother with them. I don't care if you look like Chris Hemsworth, for example, because he'd be fine. I don't care if you look like Chris Hemsworth. I really don't care because at the end of the day, if I can't be myself around you, if I can't be happy, if I can't be open, if I can't be vulnerable, if I don't like who you are, if I don't think you're a good person, I am not going to be with you because at the end of the day, those looks are going to fade. We're all going to end up in the ground anyway. I would rather be with somebody who can make me laugh for the rest of my life than somebody I can take pretty pictures with. Like, at the end of the day, I don't care about that shit. So, that being said, that is the final episode. And we are going to start the new year with my... um obviously my goals, all that kind of stuff, and just some New Year's tips and all that kind of stuff. So thank you guys for listening, and I will catch